Good morning. How you doing today? Hey, it is great to see you. Welcome to the Bridge Church. So glad you are here today, especially if it's your first time here. If it's your first time at the Bridge Church, we want to extend a special invitation to you that says we're glad you're here and we'd love to get acquainted with you. If you have any questions today about the service, stop by the Connection Center on your way out, out that first set of doors to your right. Any questions you have, they can answer your questions. They'd like to give you a personal welcome. If you just stop by and say we're here for the first time, they just want to let you know how glad we are that you're here. Also, you can check out the website, thebridgechurch.tv. We really are glad you're here. There are a lot of great churches in this valley. We're honored you'd choose to spend today with us. Can we put our hands together and welcome our first-time guests? God bless you. Glad you're here today. We're in a series called Believing Beyond. How many of you believe God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think? See, the question's not, can God? The question is, can we believe him? Can we grab hold of the promises in faith? Can we ask in a big way? You know, today, we're going to continue our series, but we've got a very special guest with us today that I want to introduce to you. You know, Scripture says that there are, and I'm going to put it in my own words for just a moment here, there are a lot of preachers, a lot of voices out there. How many of you know there are a lot of preachers? Okay, I'm not saying there's too many. I'm just saying there's a lot of voices out there. But Scripture says there aren't many fathers. Today we've got a spiritual father in the house, very special individual. I first met Sam Carr a few years ago through a mutual friend, Keith Hershey, and I've got to know him a little bit, heard a lot about Sam Carr. Uh, he pastors a great church in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, some people think he's Cajun, but he claims Texas is home because it's right there on the border. So how many Texans we got in the house this morning? Okay, God bless you, all two of you. <laughs> How many of you know two Texans might be enough in some cases? Just kidding, just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. But Pastor Sam Carr, uh, he's a great man of God. He's a man who preaches a message of faith. He ministers to a lot of pastors. He's a spiritual father to a lot of men and women. Uh, he speaks all over the world, but we're glad that he's here in Marietta, California today. So Pastor Sam, if you would come on up, put your hands together. Let's give a big Bridge Church welcome to Pastor Sam Carr. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless you. All right, there's got to be more people from Texas than that around here. I'm just not telling anybody, I guess. I, I'm surprised at how many people uh, live in California, and they're all from somewhere else. They just come to California, right? Okay. You can look at me like that if you want to. I'm still preaching. It is really good to be here, and I've already uh, experienced your praise and worship in two services, and it's amazing. It's awesome. And uh, to get into the presence of God and worship God together is just a tremendous, tremendous uh, joy to be here together. Listen, you're going to be together through eternity. You might as well just get used to one another and enjoy it. It's, it's awesome. And your pastors are great people. I love this church. I've I've uh, been looking forward to just being here and being a part of this church today. And uh, your pastor asked me to specifically preach and share some things about faith. And uh, I was praying about that. That's a big subject. You know, you could go lots of different ways with that. And I was just praying uh, about what to say and how to share this with you. 
And uh, I want to talk to you about faith in a particular area, but I want to first get you to understand something. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 makes this statement. Whatever or whoever really is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Whose faith is it? It's our faith. Okay? Even our faith. The, the one of the most powerful things that God did when, when he allowed us to be part of the kingdom of God when we were born of God as believers, is that there was something born in us to have a capacity for faith, an ability to believe, and an ability to believe in such a way that we can actually believe and challenge the circumstances of our life. Uh, the word here, uh, victory, the Greek word there is the Greek word Nike. Anybody ever heard that word before? Well, um, John had it before shoes. And the word literally means, the word Nike means to, to be or a way of, or a means of success. So faith is the means of success for the believer. Where? In the world. You know, I don't know whether you notice this or not, but when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you're different. You, you notice that? You're different. Um, you, you talk different. You think different. You see things different. That's good because you're born of God, but you still have to live here in this world. You have to live in this world, and you have to function in this world, but God said you don't have to live like everybody else. I'm going to give you a capacity to do things that can overcome your circumstances in the world, and it's called your faith. And the great thing about faith is it's not a respecter of persons. I mean, anybody can have faith. Anybody can see God do something in their lives. You don't have to be an intellectual. You don't have to be a scholar. Poor man, rich man, doesn't matter with God because faith is something that God has given us on the inside that we can actually use and exercise in our lives. Jesus said something amazing. He had cursed a fig tree. Have you ever just walked out and told a fig tree or any kind of tree out here, orange tree, wither up and die and come back the next day and it was dead? Well, that's what happened. It was a fig tree. The disciples went ballistic about it. They couldn't believe it. They was like, oh, my Lord, what, he, what is this he can do? He can curse a tree and it just dies. And you know what Jesus said to them in Mark chapter 11, verse 22? He said, have faith in God. Really, if you study that, it actually says, have faith like God. Or another translation says, have the faith of God. So what Jesus was telling them was, hey, I just want to tell you a secret. I want to tell you something, okay? You can do this. You can speak. You can declare. You can say. And when you do and you believe in your heart, God will move in your life. Because that's what God put in us. 
We are His creation. We are new creatures in Christ. Old things passed away. All things became new. And now we have a capacity to walk in faith and to live a life that's totally different. Now, here's the title of my message. The title of my message is Attach Your Faith. What are you attaching your faith to in your life? What circumstances do you have in your life where you're looking at them and saying, well, I guess it's going to always be like this. I want another job, but I don't guess I'll ever get a better job. I guess I'll just have to live with this one. I hate this job, or I, I don't, you know, I don't guess I could ever get any education. I'm not smart enough. Let me tell you something. You've got a capacity on the inside of you called faith that can change any circumstance in your life. Now, wait a minute. I'll take that back. Uh, I just saw a lady smile next to her husband. That doesn't mean you can get rid of your husband by faith, just so you'll know. Okay. Anyway, I was just joking. But you can literally attach your faith to the situations of your life and see your Heavenly Father work wonders in your situations. And it doesn't matter what they are, doesn't matter how long they've been there, it doesn't matter how much you think it's impossible, the Bible's pretty clear, nothing is impossible to those who what? Believe. So you have that capacity as a child of God to attach your faith to your circumstances and see God do something supernatural in your life. But you've got to make up your mind you're going to do it. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 says this. In the New King James it says, The gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Now he's talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness, and really talking about the gospel of deliverance. And it said, to us as well as to them, but now listen to this, but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith. See, you can hear me today, and you can listen to the message. Hopefully you'll think I did a good job. Maybe you don't think I did a good job. Maybe you wonder why I'm wearing a coat when y'all are out here in your blue jeans. I, I, you know, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But if you're not mixing faith with the word preach and you're just listening, then it's not going to profit you. You have to take what your pastor preaches and apply that to your life. And you do it by believing God, saying, I'm going to believe God in that area. I'm going to see God work in that area of my life. There are opportunities to attach your faith every day. <laughs> There's a lady in our church, and really some people you, you know kind of mock her a little bit, but she says, I tell you, I never go into a shopping center. I, I, I'm believing God for a parking space right up front. And everybody laughs at her, you know, oh, you, you know, that, 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 that's not in the Bible. Well, I'm believing it. For, and you know, the thing about it is she gets them. So who cares what everybody else thinks? She gets the parking places. God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I'm going to tell you, if you'll just let your opportunities that you have in your life, the difficulties, the adversities, whatever it may be in your life, if you'll make up your mind to let them be an opportunity to attach your faith, then your faith can change the situations of your life, transform your circumstances into something strong and positive rather than weak and negative. God's put that on the inside of you. 
You have a capacity for faith. You are born of God. You're alive unto God. And when you get over in that place in your life, then you have to use the resources from God in you rather than trying to externalize and do everything from the outside in. And if you'll make up your mind to do that, you'd be amazed at what can happen. Now, I know, listen, I know everybody has stories about somebody that, well, they believed God and they died, or, well, it didn't work, or maybe you've tried something and it didn't seem like it worked in your life, and and you're thinking, well, this doesn't work because it didn't work for me. Well, let me read you a scripture in Romans chapter 3, verse 3. What if some did not believe and were without faith? Does their lack of faith and their faithfulness, faithlessness nullify and make ineffective and void the faithfulness of God and fidelity to His Word? What's the answer to that? No. I don't judge my faith by my faith failures. I judge my faith based on what God has spoken to me, what His Word says, and knowing that He's faithful to that Word, and it doesn't matter if I've tripped and fall, fell, if I hadn't done everything I needed to do or something didn't work the way I expected. It doesn't change anything. It's still the best life on the face of the planet to be a person who walks by faith. I mean, the Bible tells us the just shall live by faith. That's who we are. So we have to make up our minds we're going to live that way. Over in the Old Testament where we were talking earlier about they didn't mix their faith with the word preached, the children of Israel were coming up to the Jordan River about to go into the promised land. And so the Lord told Moses, send 12 spies to spy out the land. You know the story if you've been in church very much. And so uh, when they came back, Ten of them said, oh, my God, this is bad. It's worse than we thought. There are giants in the land. The cities are walled. Impossible. I know God said it was ours, but no way, Jose. It isn't going to work. We're not going to make it. But two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, wait a minute, fellas. We saw the same thing you did, and we are well able to overcome this. We're well able to overcome it. There were Twelve people, two of them got it. Guess who went into the promised land? Two. Guess who didn't go in? Ten. So it's really your choice what you're going to do with your faith. Whether you're going to just say, well, I'm going to just go by what they say, what the polls say, what the doctors say, you know, what my boss says. I'm going to go by what's going on right now in the economy. Whatever it may be, you have to make the choice You know, you can't go around, well, you know, my kids, I tell you, they're terrible, they're horrible. I don't know, I guess they're just doomed to go to jail. I've actually had people say that before. I've said, wait a minute, they're just terrible. Well, you know what, you can still at the same time make up your mind, that's not what I'm going to say, that's not what I'm going to believe, that's not what I'm going to speak over my children. I'm going to see them, uh, I'm going to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and I say they'll not depart from it. They're going to serve God all the days of their life, and I don't care how far they get away, they cannot run from my faith. I'm not going to let go of them. You have to make up your mind, that's how you're going to live your life. Paul, over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, this is what Paul called what I'm telling you, okay? Paul said in verse 13, since we have the same spirit of faith that is written, I believe and therefore I spoke, 
we also believe and therefore speak. That's faith. That's a spirit of faith. That's an attitude of faith. When a challenge comes your way, what are you going to believe? What are you going to say out of your mouth? That's faith. Faith is believing in your heart, speaking out of your mouth. And when you find out that God loves you, God wants to work with you, God wants to help you, and all you have to do is believe it and speak with your mouth, you're going to start seeing circumstances in your life change. They're going to change. When you get off of the negative and onto the supernatural, positive spirit of faith, you'll begin to see God do some great and mighty things. We believe, therefore we speak. The Apostle Paul was in a ship, and it was doomed. It was destined to go under. And he stood up in front of the whole ship and said, Don't worry, guys. It's not going to be like that way. I believe God. Everybody else thought the ship was going down. Paul said, I'm believing God. You have to make up your mind. Are you going to have that spirit of faith about you and know that your God wants to work in your life, wants to work with you, wants to work for you? You have to be the one to do that. Now listen to me carefully. This is really important. Faith is played out in the crucible of life. Your life and my life are not the same. You have a lane, I have a lane. You're living this life, I'm living this life. But your lane, where you are in your life and where you are going in your life, listen to me, you can see God work supernaturally in your life if you will have the spirit of faith in your lane. A lot of people try to do something somebody else has done. They want to try to do something like somebody else. No, we want to do what God does. We want to say what God says, and we do it in our lane. Wherever your trouble is, wherever your difficulty is, wherever your desire is for something, that's your lane. And if you stay in your lane where you are, you can see God do great things in your life because it works within the framework of your life. It's not an abstract theological understanding of a faraway God. It's a bold declaration about what God, who is ever present to respond in our lives, will do for us. Every time. God wants to work in our lives. You are his child. He desires to. But there's one thing that that, that ticks over for him to work in your life, and it's called faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's pretty straight. But the good news is with faith, you can please God. With faith, God can work in your life. With faith, your circumstances can change. God has not left you here alone. He's not left you here to face life. That's why he said when you are born of God, you can over come the world with your faith you can be different you can do different things you can conquer the challenges of your life and Paul called it the spirit of faith I believe and therefore I speak I believe therefore I speak I don't just speak I believe and I speak now so you'll understand this 
Because sometimes people have this fantasy about faith that you can be perfect in it. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you're not going to be perfect in your faith. And listen, if you hear a preacher and it sounds like they're saying they're perfect in their faith, they're not. I know them, and they're not. Just so you know, I know them, and, 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 and they're not. They're just trying to encourage you. They're not trying to be negative or trying to be deceptive, but everybody has challenges in their life. Everybody. No one's exempt. It just depends on how you approach it. Now listen to this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Now Paul is talking about a spirit of faith here. Now listen to me. This is very careful. Verse 7, he says, We have this treasure in an earthen vessel. That's the worst part of this whole thing. I've got to do what I've got to do in this earthen vessel that has not been redeemed yet. And if you don't believe it, go look in the mirror because you're either losing your hair, it's turning gray, you're sagging, you're changing every day. I know you're young and you don't think so. Just give it some time. It won't take long. Okay. It won't take long. You, you, you Trust me. But the point is, that's why we have to tend this this earthen vessel. We have to take care of it. We have to fight for it. It's one of the greatest places to use your faith on yourself. It's an earthen vessel, but we have a treasure in this earthen vessel. We have God in this earthen vessel. Now listen to me. He says, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel, and it's important that you understand this, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Plain English, God did it this way on purpose so that his power would be revealed in you. Nobody can take credit for it. It's interesting because the word here, excellence, where it says that the excellence of the power may be of God, the word there, excellence, actually means to throw beyond others. To throw beyond others. Do you know that God will, is willing and wants to throw you beyond others? He's not a respecter of persons in the sense that he loves you. But the bottom line is if your faith is on the line, he will throw you beyond others. He will take you places beyond what you even expect you could do in your own life. He will take you there because he will throw you by, beyond others by his power because of the spirit of faith. That's not rhetoric. It's reality. It's, it's not just words. I, 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 told, I told the staff before, um, uh, between the services, my son, who at the time was about six or seven, I told a story, you know, while I was preaching. And, and after the service, he came up to me and said, Daddy, was that the truth or were you just preaching? And I said, well, son, I hope they're both the same. But, you know, sometimes... I'm not trying to just encourage you today. I'm trying to inspire you to step over into your faith. Let your faith rise up and begin to declare to your situations, your circumstances, and let God take you by his power and throw you out there where you need to be. Throw you beyond others. Your neighbors may be dealing with the same problems you are. Hey, I don't care if it's bugs in your yard. You can get out there and start running those bugs off. Oh, that's foolishness. It is to you, but it doesn't mean it doesn't work. My point is, God wants to take you 
with your faith and throw you beyond others. He wants to let you excel, let you grow as you release your faith. All right, so just so you'll understand, this is all done in your lane. Okay? All right, now listen to this. Listen to the next verse. Listen to what Paul said. We are hard-pressed. We are hard-pressed on every side. Paul had a difficult life. He called his trouble a slight trouble of the passing hour. You might want to go read about it, and you'll find out, dear God, what happened to that man. He got beat up. He got run off. He was in the, in, in the water, in the wilderness, betrayed by friends. Just everything you could imagine happened to him. It just on and on and on. And here he says, he says, yeah, he said, uh, I was hard-pressed on every side, but now listen to what he says. It's important that you hear this. Yet not crushed. You might be pressed in, but if you've got a spirit of faith about you, you say, yeah, you might be pushing on me now, but you're not crushing me. You're not going to push me away. I, no, no. No, I, I may be hard-pressed right now. It may be difficult. There may be struggles right now, but I am not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I am not going to be crushed. He said, we're perplexed. Listen, he said, we're perplexed. Have you ever been perplexed? Well, you might have to know what that word means first. I had to look it up. It means that you can't figure out what's going on. Have you ever done that where you said, oh, my God, what is going on here? I don't get it. I don't understand. Why is this happening like this? Well, Paul faced that. But listen to what he said. I am perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm not going to lose it over this. I know I'm having trouble right now. I know there's adversity right now. I know I don't know the way out, but I am not going to lose it. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give out. I'm going to keep going. That's the spirit of faith working in your lane, where you are right now in your life. It's not living a perfect life. It's dealing with life where you are right now. Paul went on to say, I'm persecuted, but not forsaken. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Listen to this next one. Struck down, but not destroyed. One translation says, I might be knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. The great apostle Paul went into a, uh, into a city and preached. He preached and, and um, the people got mad at him because he preached. They threw rocks at him. They thought he was dead, left him for dead. They prayed for him. He got up, and if you read it, he walked 40 miles to the next city after being stoned to death almost. Now, here's the interesting thing about it. Not too long after that, he said, I think I want to go back there. What? Are you crazy? And he went back to that same city and preached the gospel again. You might be knocked down, but that doesn't mean you're knocked down out. You may be knocked down. Maybe something has happened in your life that has really tripped you up. I mean, it's really messed you up. But I want to tell you something. Listen to me. Today, I've got good news for you. Just because you're knocked down does not mean you're knocked out. One of my mentors, Dr. Lester Summerall, many years ago, anybody asked him, how, how have you been so successful? And you know what he would say? I didn't quit. If you don't quit, God doesn't quit. If you don't give up, God doesn't give up. 
You just keep your faith on the line. You keep speaking. You keep believing and expecting something to happen. And it will happen in your life. It will change in your life because that spirit of faith works every time. Listen to this in action with Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Paul said, God delivered us from a great death. Not only that, he still does deliver us. And not only that, listen to what it says, he will still deliver us in the future. God did deliver us. He is delivering us. And oh, by the way, he will deliver us in the future. You have that kind of attitude. You decide to make up your mind. That's how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to be a believer and not a doubter. I'm going to declare what God says. You'd be amazed at how it will transform your life how it will change the circumstances of your life. I'm going to tell you a testimony. In 2000, the year 2000, I was in my, in my television studio at, at my church, and, and the phone rang, and it was my daughter, and, and, and she said, Daddy, trembling, we've been in a terrible car accident. I said, where are you? She told me, I slammed the phone down, I got in my car, and I headed that way, where they, where they were. And I, I went fast, very fast. And when I pulled up, there was a helicopter in the middle of the road. There was smoke from the fire, from the vehicles. A, a UPS truck had stopped in the road, and these two men in a van decided to pass. And my, daughter, my wife and my daughters were coming this way, and they hit them head on. The scene was chaotic. I had all of these ambulances there. It was chaotic. And I was trying to find my family. And, and all of a sudden, I heard a voice. And it was my wife. Jesus! Help us! Jesus! And I found her. It wasn't hard to find her because she, she didn't care what anybody thought. She was laying on the grass. The, doctor, uh, the uh, EMT told her that they thought her back was broken. My, my oldest daughter was laying next to her. They said her leg was broken, not to move. And, they, and, and then I said, well, where's, where's Laney? Where's, my, where's, where's Laney? And they said, well, she's still in the car. They're trying to get her out. And they had a, you know, they were extracting her from the car. And, and I, I, I still see it in my mind's eye. They pulled her shoulders and her head out of that car, and her head rolled back and her eyes rolled back in her head. They couldn't get a pulse. I, I, I was incensed by it. I was angry. Not at anybody. And I went over there and I laid my hands on her and I said, I rebuke this spirit of death in the name of Jesus. I command you to live and not die in Jesus' name. And they put her in the ambulance and I climbed up in the ambulance and just as I climbed up there, she opened her eyes. And spoke my name. So we all, they all went to the hospital, to the emergency room. The two guys that were in the, in the van were, one of them is a vegetable today. He, it almost killed him. The other ones, all, it, they both went through the windshield of the van. It, the, it was horrible. So I'm, walk, I'm in the emergency room. You've got doctors and nurses running from here to there to the other. They said my wife's back was broken. They said my oldest daughter's leg was broken. And then my other daughter was unconscious and in a coma. 
first thing that happened was I went in there with, with my wife, with Becky. I can still see it. We're standing there together. She's in pain. She broke her finger and she was in pain. And, and I said, Becky, what are we going to believe right now? We've got to, we, I didn't say attach our faith, but that's what we were doing. I said, we've got to, what are we believing right now? We're going to believe that your back is healed in Jesus' name, that it'll not affect your life. And then we declared Lindsay is healed in the name of Jesus. Her legs are healed and whole. And that Lainey is going to live a long life and live a healthy life. And she's going to come out of this coma with no effects in Jesus' name. Now, see, you've got to be ready to do that when it's tough. Because these are my prize women in my life, my daughters and my wife. Well, the first thing that happened is they sent my daughter, my oldest daughter, who they said her leg was broken, they sent her home that day. The doctor caught me in the hall that next day, and she pointed her finger at me like this, and she said, I know her leg was broken. I saw the x-ray. I know her leg was broken. But by the time they came back to her after they triaged her, she was totally, completely healed and went home that day. So my wife and my daughter are in the hospital. My, my daughter is in intensive care. She's, she's in a coma, um, and they're wanting to drill holes in her head and all this stuff. And I said, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And she's in the intensive care, and so and Becky's in her room, and so we're praying and, and believing God. And they came in and did another, an MRI on Becky's back. And they said, you're not going to believe this. That was their first words. You're not going to believe this. They said the bone broke and went into her spinal cord. And it was like the nerves moved out of the way and let the bone go in. And it didn't damage anything. Nothing. Several months later, three months later, my wife went back to the doctor and they did another MRI. And they said the bone's gone. We don't know what happened to it. It's gone. She, she was totally healed. She says she wears high heels today just to tell, tell the devil she can. So my, my daughter, my youngest daughter, is in this coma. We're believing with her. And so they, they took her out of the coma, but they said she'll never be normal again. You know, she won't be able to, to, to go to school. She won't be able to, to, to you're going to have to take care of her the rest of her life. She's, she'll be a vegetable. Or not a vegetable, but be, be incapacitated. And so we, they had moved her to a room, but she was still just real groggy. And, and by this time, they were letting my wife go home, but she wouldn't leave, so they gave us a room where we could all three stay in. We're in there, and it's late at night, and, and uh, I heard some noise, and I woke up, and it was my daughter getting up out of the bed, grabbed her little pole with all the things hanging on it, and rolled it to the bathroom, went to the bathroom, came back, and was totally, completely healed. She's our children. Listen. She went to college, excelled in college. She's our children's church pastor today and doing awesome. All, all, all three of them. But, but that same time when we were in the hospital with my daughter, at midnight, funny it happens at midnight sometimes, there's a knock on the door and the nurse comes in and says, uh, uh, Pastor Carr, uh, there's a phone call for you at the nurse's station. So I went out to the nurse's station and I answered the phone and they said, uh, Pastor, you don't know me, but I, I know you and your son was just in an automobile accident. 
What? And they're bringing him to the same hospital. What are you going to do? You're going to give up? You're going to lose your faith? You're going to... No. I knew exactly where the emergency room was. I've been there. I was walking down the hall. Now, don't get too excited about this when I tell you this, because, but I want you to listen to this. It was midnight. There wasn't anybody in the hall. I'm walking down the hall, and obviously my mind's going 90 miles an hour. What is going on here? And I heard these words, and I'd heard the voice of the Lord before, and I knew it wasn't Him. Though He slay you, you still have to praise Him. And I knew it was the devil trying to get me to give up and say, my son is not going to live. And I said, Father, you're going to deliver my son, and I'm going to worship you anyway. And I'm going to worship you. And I just stopped right there in the hall and just began to worship God. Got in there. Younger people will understand this. He had a big bass uh, amplifier in his, in his Jeep, and it wasn't tied down, and it hit him in the side of the head. He was unconscious. I went in there, and I did the same thing I did to the rest of my kids. I released my faith. I said, you're going to live. You're not going to die. You're not going to have any damage from this. In Jesus' name, Father, thank you for working in my son's life. In the name of Jesus. They moved him in the room next door to my wife, my daughter, all of my kids, my whole family. But the good news is, all of them are healed, healthy, and whole today. No effects from any of that. Here's the, th- here's the crazy part about it. Even my dog had to go to the vet for an emergency. He was running around the side of, in the kitchen and slid into the side of the cabinet and did something to his ribs. And I had to take him to the emergency vet. Are you kidding me? Here's the whole point of what I'm saying today, if I don't fall off the stage. Here's the whole point. Listen, you have to attach your faith to your circumstances. Quit hoping things are going to work out. Start declaring what God says. Start speaking what God says. Let God's Word start working. Let His power go to work for you. Let Him throw you beyond others. It's funny because I wanted to go pray for the two guys that hit, uh, that hit my family and they wouldn't let me in there because they thought I would unplug them, you know, from the equipment or something. But I still prayed for them. You have a capacity. I'm not bragging on me. I didn't do anything but believe. God did the rest. All I did was my part. You have that capacity in you to see God do something awesome in your life. And it doesn't matter what age you're at, what circumstance you're in, whatever your lane is, you can see God move in your in where you are right now. If you'll make up your mind that you're wi- and do to, to do it and be willing to do what you need to do. All you have to do is attach your faith to it and see God work. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to do just that. I want you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. I'm just about finished, but I want you to listen to me very carefully. The first step for your faith is making Jesus the Lord of your life. Do you know that God will give you faith 
to be saved. It's the beginning of a new life, a new way of living. And if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe you've been away from God and, and, and you want to come back, or maybe you're just not sure today you can be. And I'm going to do this while everybody's head's bowed and your eyes are closed. If you're, the, if you're here today, you've never made Jesus your Lord, or you've been away from God, or you're just not sure, I'm going to pray for you today. And I want you as an act of your faith just to lift your hand quickly and just put it back down. Lift it up. Come on. Lift them up. Lift them up and put them back down. My, my, all over the congregation. Put them down. Thank you. Now, I want to pray this prayer, and I'm going to ask the congregation to pray this with me. And let's pray this together right now. Say this with me. Say, Father... Thank you for your son, Jesus. He makes all things possible. And I believe with all my heart that he died for my sins, was raised from the dead, that I might have life through him. I choose Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I accept him. And I believe right now that you're going to work in my life from this day forward in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Praise God, amen, amen. Pastor, God bless you. Can we give Pastor Sam Carr a big thank you this morning? I told you to be blessed today. Hey, a couple of things. First of all, if you just prayed that prayer, that's not the end of the journey. That's just the beginning of the journey, the walk with God. And we feel like it's our responsibility and our privilege to help you start that journey. We've got a little booklet. It's just a tool called The Next Seven Days. It's just simple reading for you for the next week to just get started building that relationship with God and understanding what that relationship with God's all about. I promise you, this will help you. We want to give it to you. It's your gift, free of charge, no strings attached. When service is over, there'll be prayer teams here at the front of the building. They're here to pray with anyone for any need. But if you just come down to one of these teams and say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you right there. They know exactly what you're wanting. Just ask for the booklet. They'll give it to you. No strings attached. If you've if you got questions, they can answer questions. If you want prayer for something else, they're here to pray with you. But please, let us give you this booklet today. Now, if you're in a really big rush or you're a little bit bashful like me, on your way out of the lobby between the glass doors out there, there's a counter set up with the big screen. talks about beginning your walk with God. You can stop by there, ask for the booklet. They'll give you the same booklet there. Again, no strings attached. We simply want to help you get started walking with God. We are so glad you made the decision to allow Jesus Christ become your Lord and your Savior and enter into the family of God. Can we put our hands together and welcome new family members today? God bless you. Pastor Sam, you challenged us today. You shared some great things. And I feel like before we get to the end of service, I need to say this to you. I did it first service. I want to do it again this service. Some of you, before you leave the room today, you need to stop. Maybe it's husband and wives. Maybe it's individuals. But some of us today, before we leave this room, we need to stop and attach our faith to the challenges of our life before we leave this room today. 
Don't leave here and let it fall to the ground. Before you leave this room, whatever challenges you're facing, grab the promise of God and attach your faith to that today and believe God to do great things in your life. We're going to continue this series next week, but I'm expecting God to do amazing things in all of our lives. Are you ready for great things today? Some of you are. Okay, I hope the rest of you catch on before we leave the place. Now, this is the time in service when we honor God with our giving. We worship Him. We thank Him for all He's done, how faithful He's been. We put Him first in our lives through our giving. The ushers are preparing to receive our gifts today. There are different ways you can give today. You should be sure and check that out. I want to ask one thing. Uh, while we're receiving the offering today, we're almost finished. Don't anybody leave, please, unless you absolutely have to. It'll help the team as they receive the offering. But I want to say to you today, we, we say this a lot, and whenever I have a chance to receive our offering i always say this we're making a difference not just in our community but around the world literally and i want to say thank you for your giving i know you're giving to god not me but i want to say thank you because i'm telling you i hear the stories of what god's doing in our community and around the world through ministries that we work with and today we're even going to have the ability to be a blessing to those who are doing ministry in shreveport louisiana how many of you know shreveport needs jesus too so we're going to give today, thanking God for his goodness. God will bless you as you give. Ushers, come if you would, please. And while we give, let's watch church news together. Good morning, everyone. My name is Adrian. Welcome to The Bridge. We are thrilled you and your family are here with us. If you are here with us for the first time today, we want to give you a special welcome and say thanks for spending your Sunday with us. We would love to meet you today and help you get connected here in the church. So take a look at church news and let's see what's coming up at the bridge. Then we'll be right back to tell you how you can get involved. Center right after this service. Our team is there to welcome you, answer your questions, and give you all of the details about how you can get involved here at the bridge. Take a few minutes to stop by before you go today and say hi. We want to do our best to help you get connected in church life. Also, if you made a decision to follow Christ today, please come and get your free copy of the next seven days from one of our prayer teams or at the next seven days desk before you go. We want to help you take your next steps in your walk with God. For info on anything else, you can always check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. Thanks again for being in church with us today. We love spending Sundays with you. 
Hey, once again, thank you so much for being in church today at the Bridge Church. So glad you've been here. Before you go, a couple of things you noticed in the video announcements, church news. Tuesday morning, we have Bridge Women going strong, 9.30. Be a great time for all the ladies. And then coming up in a couple of weeks is our Fall Fest. If you're interested in volunteering that night and serving, uh, it's a great night. We have a lot of fun. We'll have two, 3,000 people come through the campus that night with all that's happening. So if you're interested in serving, you can go online and, and uh, sign up there or stop by the Connection Center today. And you will be a blessing. Hey, God bless you. We love you. Have a great, great Sunday.